I'm Shiloh. I'm Amelia. And this is Plead the Belly, a podcast about women and the crimes they commit. Plead the Belly is a podcast about women and the crimes they commit. What did I write here? If I, oh, I wrote a joke where I usually write the, <laughs> <laughs> the spiel. <laughs> yeah. Um, pleading the belly is a practice from early English common law where women could claim they were pregnant to avoid execution. That's where we got the inspiration for the name of our podcast. This podcast contains explicit and disturbing content. Listener discretion is advised. So here's the joke I wrote that I put in a really inconvenient spot of my notes. All right. Um, it is, if I were accused of a crime, I would plead insanity with my browser history as evidence. Ah, ba Yeah, because as I was doing research <clears throat> for these next two episodes we're doing, things were getting kind of weird. And then at work, well, you know, it always gets weird when I'm on the internet. All right. Yeah. And um, especially when we're talking about like axe murders and stuff. And then when alleged I alleged like, axe murders, alleged, yeah. And um, anyway, I just realized that if you mix the podcast research I do with all this internet searching I've been doing because I injured my knee, and then all these other things, it just really seems like I'm calculating out the anatomy of what <laughs> of what I of how to murder. I could might perhaps do something. So. Oh, yeah, cool, fun. We have some patron shout-outs from our belly champions. I like it. We have a new belly champion. Thank you very much, Samantha H. Welcome to the Belly Club. <laughs> and thank you to all of our patrons. Um, we're really excited to have you. I hope you all enjoyed that wonderful video of Tonks eating an apple because that was adorable. It was cute. I liked the music you put with it. Oh, thank you. If the music was laid over, anything else would be weird. Yeah. Like a home video or something, you'd just be like, this is weird. This is culty. This is so uncomfortable. I don't like Speaking this. of cults. Speaking of cults. This thing is happening to me where every time I scroll through the internet and see like really blonde people, especially children, I'm like, oh my God, they're from the family. And then I'm like, wait, reality, like that's just a blonde child. It's okay. <laughs> they exist. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. I have a joke for you. Oh my God. Tell me your joke. It's not my joke. I got it from the internet. Oh. But well. I thought you'd like it because you always talk about mansplaining to me. Oh, okay. So it's, where do mansplainers get their water? Where? From a well, actually. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's funny. I liked it. Can I put a badom ching in there when please, I edit it? Please do. Thank <laughs> <Cute>. you. <laughs> that was it. That's all I got. I have a couple announcements. All right. Um, the f- I have, well, I want to follow up on a couple of things from our episode about Nexium. I want to follow up on, we are a little hazy about Keith Raniere um, and his sentencing. So I want to make sure we're giving correct information to people. He did, he was convicted or he was found guilty. And I knew that part, but I was hazy on the rest of it. He's, he won't be sentenced until September 25th, 2019. Oh, so that's coming so up. So we'll have to do another an update. Yeah. We do have an announcement uh, for if please sign up for our Patreon. However, we won't be doing giveaways on there anymore because we got our hands slapped. We got our slapped. 
we got our fingers slapped about that apparently and this seems obvious once you like read it back to yourself but it's considered a raffle, which well, makes sense because you're paying to be a, a patron. And my I, favorite part is, are you going to explain the reason that we've got our hand slapped? So we got marked as not safe for work. Our, pa- our Patreon. I marked yeah, this as not safe. We, yeah. we purposely marked ourselves as not safe for work because of the content we discussed. But when you do that on Patreon, it means that you don't show up in the search, which is not ideal. So we're not going to put like, um, content that's adult content on the Patreon. Um, we'll just talk about it in the podcast. Uh, so when we went to remove that, then they're like, oh yeah. And then we reviewed your You reviewed profile. your site, BT Dubs. Yeah. It makes, I mean, I guess it's not a giveaway if you're paying for it. That yeah. makes sense. If you, you know. It's fine. We didn't think about it. We will still probably do giveaways on social media and stuff. Um, so stay tuned for that. But Still check out our Patreon. It's got some cool stuff. The videos are fun. We do the belly button. Our new web series, video web series. Oh, this is the thing we're doing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a thing we do now. I, I just, find out things the same time as you guys do sometimes. It's communication is key. Cool. That's what I got for right now. I think we should do the poem together to introduce our woman the poem yeah she has a poem i didn't see a poem really it's like the most famous thing about her will you read me the poem you really never heard it no okay well i'm sure when you read it i obviously i know it i just can't place it (laughs) okay so we're doing lizzie borden (laughs) and the poem is lizzie borden took an axe gave her mother 40 wax when she saw what she had done she gave her father 41 Oh, that's so cute. You've never heard of <laughs> I feel like we should be jump roping. Yeah, it's like a jump rope. It was weird because then they were like, this is from Mother Goose. And I was like, I don't think this is from Mother Goose. Really? Yeah, I don't think it is. I think that the internet was wrong there. I mean, I wouldn't doubt if it was from Mother Goose. Some of that stuff is... Isn't the Mother Goose stuff older, though? I don't know. I don't know when poems came from. <sighs> we're not poems nursery rhyme his- historians here. By the way. (laughs) (laughs) So it's my turn. It's your turn. To talk about Lizzie Borden, who was born July 19th, 1860 in Fall River, Massachusetts to Sarah Anthony and Andrew Jackson Borden. Seemed like they were a pretty happy family for a minute. um, For a minute. For a minute. (laughs) As Andrew struggled financially in the beginning, despite having come from a wealthy background. Um, But, you know, fate has a way of leaving clues for you about what your life will be like because he got his big break financially by selling furniture and caskets. Uh, The casket business led him to become a successful property developer. He was able to make enough money selling caskets to develop property and eventually became quite wealthy. Do... A lot of people who sell furniture also sell caskets. I mean, not today. Back in the day, though. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like, I mean, I've never gone to a furniture store and seen caskets myself. I, either. I mean, it makes sense. It's like the same material. I think for back in the day, it makes sense. But I don't know. Like I said, I don't know these things. <laughs> I All just, right. I just, yeah. Continue. <laughs> So he became wealthy and became the president of the Union Savings Bank and the Durfee Safe Deposit and Trust Company. 
At the time of his death, his estate was valued at $300,000, which is equivalent today to $8,370,000. Holy cow. So this has to do with money. That's what this is going to come down to. Well, I think it, I don't know. Did we, did, whatever. Amelia will talk about that. So as a young woman, Lizzie was very religious. They came up through church. She taught Sunday school. She tutored immigrant children at her church. And she was really involved socially. She was involved with social reform and the women's temperance movement. Um, but then her mother died. And I don't have a year for that before Amelia asks. <laughs> <laughs> Three years after her mother died, Andrew remarried so- to someone named Abby Durfee Gray. She was, like, young-ish, though, wasn't she? I thought she was younger. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, yes. <laughs> Do you have an age for her? For her in general? For Abby. For Abby? Her mom? Her stepmom. The one... Her father just married Abby, the new one. The new mom. I won't call you mom! <laughs> You're not my real mom! Oh, boy. Um, this is getting her, weird. The no, I don't. Okay, so he married this other woman named Abby Durfee Gray. Lizzie was not clear with people about whether or not she liked Abby, which kind of brings us to she didn't. Yeah. Um, and if you just kind of bring it down to the facts, I wouldn't like her either from that perspective because um, even though Andrew had become much more wealthy he was still very frugal and they lived in a not very rich part of town while all their friends lived in like these richer parts of town and but once he married abby that kind of changed he would buy gifts for abby and abby's family his new in-laws um so lizzie and her sister obviously became kind of jealous or irritated i would be irritated it's just not equal you know um, I'm not justifying this at all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so the servant testified later that Lizzie and her sister rarely ate dinner with the family. So yeah, they didn't get along. And then one day, Andrew was out in the barn and killed a bunch of pigeons in the barn. And Lizzie was pretty pissed off because she had like built a roost for them. She was trying to bring the pigeons in, which I don't know. What do you, th- why pigeons? Come on. Maybe homing pigeons. Oh, to right. deliver messages. She was bored. She was like on the that's way to right. I forgot that you actually did that. I always think that's like fantasy stuff where you send birds with I messages. I didn't do it, but yeah, people did it. We should get pigeons so we can send messages back and forth to each other about the podcast. <laughs> like, hey, Amelia, did you see this tweet that I just got that we just got on the account? And then and I'll like send a the day bird. later. That would be cool. Sure, sure. <laughs> Um, so he killed the pigeons, which is a douchey thing to do. You could just like push them out of the barn or something. Yeah. Killed the pigeons. Lizzie's pissed off. Things are getting tense. A family argument on July, in July of 1892, um, made both sisters take extended quote unquote vacations. Well, so can we roll back? Yes. Because so at this point, the sisters are both adults. Yeah. So there's two sisters and they both still live at home. And they're kind of past the age of when they should have gotten married, which I feel like every source talks about how Lizzie was a spinster 
and all this stuff, even though she, like, wasn't that old by today's standards yeah. to get married. But back then... But her whole point of being a woman was to get married and have children. Yeah, and so she, didn't she wasn't do that. fulfilling that. So I don't know. I feel like a lot of sites talk about that too, where they're like, they still lived at home. How dare? Yeah. So yeah, they took these quote vacations, but yeah, they were they were old ladies at like twenty two. <laughs> at twenty two. Um. So they returned a week before the murders. Dun dun. Spoilers, I guess, if you guys didn't know what Lizzie Borden was famous for. So her stepmother, Abby, her sister received a house, and the sisters were really mad because they're not getting all this stuff that... His new wife's sister. The new wife's sister was gifted a house. By Andrew. By Andrew. Gotcha. And Andrew's daughter, Lizzie and... Emily? Emily, that's right. Is that it? We're upset about this. And so they demanded that they get a house. So his their father sold them the house that they grew up in for $1. The week before the murder, they sold murder. it. Murder. Blah, 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 blah. The week before the murder, uh, they sold it back to their father for $5,000, which equals about $139,000 today. That's still a cheap house. <sighs> yeah, but... Uh, but when you paid a dollar for it and then you got $140,000 back, I'd take that's not bad. It's <laughs> a <laughs> so pretty decent Even in today's <laughs> numbers, that's not bad. Um, and for several days before the murder, the entire house had been sick. Like people in the house were really sick. And there was speculation that someone was trying to poison them. So they were getting suspicious. But the poisoning, I don't know. I didn't see any follow up. Obviously, that's not how they were murdered. Well, right. soon you'll find out that obviously that's not how they were murdered. So on August 4th, 1892, the Bordens had a guest for the night and the night before. And then in the morning of August 4th, Andrew took their guest to the sitting room and they were chilling out. And then Andrew went on his little morning walk. Typically, it was Lizzie and her sister's chore to clean up the guest room. But Abby ended up going up there to make the bed. And then from there, all we really know is that Abby was struck in the face with a hatchet-like object and fell down and broke her face. There's, like, super graphic pictures of this the all around. The detail of the investigation is awesome. Like, we can just sit here and tell you exactly where she was hit, how she it's was super, fell. like, even, like, the Wikipedia page has the death pictures. Like, it's kind of creepy. I didn't look at it. Well. I didn't look at I don't like, okay, you guys, I don't like gore that much. <laughs> so when we do these things, I try not to look at the pictures. I just think it's weird. <laughs> like, it's this, like, old-timey murder, but then they have, like, the pictures. It's not that old-timey. Like, yeah, it's over 100 years. Okay. Considering some of the things that we've researched that are more recent than this, this has, right. like, a ton of information. You're right. It's not like they could live stream it or whatever. Can you imagine? It's on, like, Twitch. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm not... In- oh, my God. That'd be awful. Anyway, she was whacked in the face. Sorry, fell- Abby. That or by dead. the ear. I misspoke. She got hit with a hatchet-type thing near the ear, and then she fell down and broke her face against the floor. And then the attacker, who we're alleging is Lil- Lizzie, um, hit her 17 times in the back of the head until she... Di- well... 
until she died and then some. Yeah. I wouldn't take 17. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so then Andrew came home from his walk and the door was jammed. He couldn't use his key to get in. So the servant was like, I'll let you in. And the servant couldn't really let him in and it was confusing and then the servant claimed later that they heard lizzie giggling from upstairs where abby's body would have been um but i don't know so eventually i don't know where the servant goes from here maybe amelia will talk about this during the trial i don't know the servant just kind of like buzzes off i guess andrew comes in and lizzie claims that she just like helped him take off his shoes which is a thing people do and then he his body so here's the thing his body was found where like he was whacked in the face with a hatchet or an axe or whatever and one of his eyeballs was split in half which is super nasty but the idea was the what the conclusion was he was attacked while he was sleeping so yeah he probably didn't ever find out that abby was killed if he just came into the parlor and was i mean if we believe lizzie's story i just here's the thing I probably have it written down here how many times he was hit. Struck 10 to 11 times. Um, But the real important thing here is that his eyeball was sliced in half. That's the detail Shiloh wants you to remember. I can't with that. I don't know. Is that the end of yours? That's how far I got. And then Amelia will take over from here. But ew. I just want to say ew. So because we didn't say this, at this, Lizzie's 32 right now. Because I think that's interesting that she's, like, an adult adult. And still living it. Okay, I'm not 32, and so she should probably get her own place. (laughs) And a job. I don't know. All right. So, Lizzie, this is happening. So, Lizzie was like, look, I took my dad's shoes off, and then I peaced out. That's what she claims. And she says that later, so she (coughs) says she helped her dad get his shoes off. He took a nap. She went out to the barn, and then when she came back in, she says she discovered her dad's body. So she said that then she called for their Irish, their servant, Bridget, that Shiloh was talking about. And this is the quote. It says, Maggie, I don't know why they call Bridget Maggie. I hate when people get weird ass nicknames like this. That don't even sound like their names. But then it turns out to be like, that's a popular nickname for this name. Like who determines what nicknames go to what names if they don't even sound the same? I'm with you. (laughs) All right. So she says, Maggie, come down, come down quick. Father's dead. Someone came in and killed him. So then... Lizzie sends Maggie to get a doctor. Um, so she sends Maggie down the street to the family physician's house. And he's not home. So then she, Lizzie was like, okay, well, now you need to go get my friend because, like, I can't deal with this. And so this is kind of interesting because I found a lot of stuff that talked about Lizzie being racist. I don't know if you found that. So I found some stuff about Lizzie being racist as I was reading different articles. And one of them was that... There were two other doctors nearby, but Lizzie wouldn't let the servant go to either of them. And allegedly, it's because one of them was Irish and was French-Canadian, so Lizzie didn't think that they were qualified to, like, take care of dead bodies, I guess. Love it. But the other the other thought is that then Lizzie didn't send for them because she had murdered the parent, her parents, so she didn't, like, want them to know. Like, she didn't, she wanted doctors to take a while to get there. Okay. So these doctors were closer yeah. And if she, so she sent for a farther away doctor. Yeah. Okay. But she did, yeah. So then eventually investigators come and the investigators, so this is kind of creepy. The investigators find that, and when the investigators get there, Abby's body is cold. 
but Andrew's body is still warm. Mm-hmm. So that's why they think that Abby was killed earlier. So the other interesting thing is that Lizzie was like, hey, I took my dad's shoes off and then I went to the barn, but her dad died with his shoes on. This is the part where Lizzie's story keeps changing. So investigators take her in and they're like, oh, you meek woman, you didn't do it. You're shaken. Like, let's take you in and get your statement. But they don't like her. Like, right away, the investigators don't like Lizzie because she's not shaken. And she was, like, stoic and, like, calm about the whole thing, which we can get into. I have a real problem when people, like, expect people to react a certain way. Sure. But it's also, okay, it's, like, the 1800s, so whatever. They're just stupid. But Yeah, it is kind of. I mean, everyone reacts to things a little differently, but there's definitely, like... It doesn't ease the suspicion on When her. it's overdramatic or yeah. not dramatic, it kind of makes you wonder. Yeah. So she goes in and she's giving her answers. And so her answers are strange because she keeps contradicting herself. So like at one point she's like, oh, I heard a groan. And then she's like, oh, I heard a noise. And then she said she heard a distress call. And then later she's like, I didn't hear anything. What are you talking about? So she keeps changing her story. So that's suspicious. Yeah. And then... And she's at home this whole time while one body is cooling off. Yeah. And the other one's just chilling out. Yeah. And she doesn't, yeah. So then a big piece of evidence is that an officer discovered that Lizzie had tried to buy deadly acid the day before at a drugstore. So they were like, that's probably why the family got sick is Lizzie gave everyone acid. But then like that doesn't go anywhere. Like they don't use that in the actual trial really. That feels like evidence. Yeah, that feels important. Um, in the basement, the police found two hatchets, two axes, and a hatchet head with a broken handle. So that is also suspicious. But isn't that pretty standard for homes back in the day? I don't know. How many hatchets do you have? I don't have a hatchet. But I have some hand saws. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But the investigators are like... It sounds like a little bit of, like, a weird investigation because they never check for blood. They never test any of these things for blood. Can you test for blood back then? You could see if there was blood on them. But they didn't have, like, a black light. No, but they didn't even, like, take them in. Like, they didn't even, right. like, bag them as in... I guess you didn't bag them. But <laughs> they didn't, like, bring them to the police station to, like, investigate them right. at all. There's more and more investigation. And then as it's investigated... so. One of the other things, so this goes back to Lizzie being potentially racist, is that she's saying that because there's all these Irish immigrants coming in and becoming cops, she's saying that they suspect her because she's a higher class than them, and that's the only reason she's under suspicion. So she's like, darn Irish people, Uh. lower class suspecting me. And there's an immigrant paper at the time, the Fall River Globe that's saying that the Bordens were spending millions of dollars to stop Lizzie from getting convicted or like even arrested for the crime, while the Fall River Evening News, which is an anti-immigrant newspaper, defended her. So it's like, whoa, it's kind of interesting to see like, like she was like, from the sound of it, she was kind of openly like, these Irish people are just want to convict me because I'm rich. Mm -hmm. And so like, I've never heard about the racial side of it before. Yeah, no. When um, you like when you see the story pop up wherever like TV or whatever, it's always first female axe murder yeah. or something like that. And then it's like and here okay, I'm going to take us on a little side path here. Can we really call someone who murders people with hatchets an axe murderer? What's the difference between an axe? An axe and a is a lot much larger than a hatchet. 
A hatchet's like a little hand thing. An axe is like... A hatchet murderer doesn't sound as good. Right. It's in the same family of tool. I just like... I think that few enough people get murdered with actual axes that we should let the family count. Decide what it... Like, we should, like, let anything in the axe family count as an axe murder. Okay. So, Lizzie Borden is the first documented female axe murderer? Is she actually? I wrote... No. Is this, like, the first female serial killer where they're not... It's not true. Or maybe I meant most notorious... I read something somewhere where they're like, female axe. Yeah. Let's just say Lizzie Borden was a female axe murderer. Yeah, I do think she's one of the most notorious. Hatchet murderer. So this goes on. They're investigating. They're looking up people that they the police are like investigating and stuff. A week later, so August 11th, Lizzie's arrested. She goes to county jail and she's confined in a nine and a half by seven and a half foot cell for the next nine months. Which is a pretty small room. That's pretty small. So people get pissed because she's like a rich white lady. So all these groups get involved. So the Women's Christian Temperance Union and suffragists are both involved and like rallying around her. So this becomes like national. Yeah, because she campaigned with them. So Mm -hmm. So she had friends there. Uh Uh-huh. So people know who she is. Um, How could a suffragist kill somebody? She can't. Women can't murder. That's right. It's the whole premise of this <laughs> podcast. So a bunch of her supporters are saying that she can't be tried by a jury of her peers because at the time women didn't have the right to vote. So they couldn't serve on a jury, which is kind of an interesting argument. And I appreciate that. That is interesting. So did they end up putting women on the jury? Of no. course not. No. Which probably worked out better for her. Cause I guess so. So, Because women would be like, yeah, a woman could kill someone. (laughs) Try me. (laughs) All right. So she gets a good fancy lawyer because, of course, she does because she's rich. And for her trial, so her trial starts June 5th, 1893. And her courtroom is, like, packed with all of her supporters. So there's all these female supporters in the courtroom, which is a really interesting thought. I just didn't, I didn't know how big of a case this was for the day. Yeah, it was a new, it was a media frenzy. Yeah. So her, one of their big, one of the big witnesses was Alice Russell, who was a family friend. And so one of the big things is, like I said before, they never found blood in the house. The investigators never found blood. In the house at all? Like, like anywhere besides where the bodies were. Sure. Okay. So what they, what Alice says is that she saw Borden burning a dress. Um, her friend did that? Her friend came out and narked on her like that? Yeah. I saw you. Oh, well, I guess they're not friends anymore. Yeah. Borden claimed that the dress was covered in paint and that's why she's burning it. But it was weird because she burned it the day they got murdered. Right. Like her family, her parents are murdered and then she's outside burning a dress. So no one's going to believe that. Yeah. So a little suspicious. Borden also told Alice way before the murders, like a week or two before, that she wanted to sleep with one eye open half the time for fear that someone might burn the house down or hurt her father because he was so discourteous to people. So we didn't talk about this, but he wasn't well-liked in the community. So this is interesting because it could be Lizzie being like, oh gosh, someone's going to murder my poor papa. Or it could be her being like, so when he dies, someone else did it. (laughs) Just, yeah. I mean, if, yeah... I'll try not to speculate. We're just here to read the facts. But it does feel like, you know, my disliked father 
who is nobody likes him. Someone could kill him. Yeah, that's really how it felt. <laughs> so she had a bunch of people on her side. Um, one of the people was the family doctor who testified under oath that he had given Lizzie a double dose of morphine to help her sleep. And that's why her answers didn't make any sense. But then, like, he couldn't, like, prove that he gave her morphine. So it feels like he just lied there for, like, lied But he couldn't oath. prove that he couldn't, that he didn't. I guess if there wasn't a prescription... I think that's what they went on. Do they have prescriptions in the 1800s? I think so. I always imagine all these people walking around with vials of like opium and cocaine. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. Because you could, because the snake doctors would come through and give you like water and opium and then they'd be like, you're fixed. You're cured. Don't you feel better? Maybe I'm thinking, is that older than the 1800s? I'm not good with I think like time like scale. early 1800s, but this is almost 1900. Yeah, this is later. Yeah. We have science now, apparently. <laughs> Some science, yeah. not blood science. But it's, I mean, I think people were still doing those sorts of yeah. things, though. I mean, I don't think, I think Coke still had Coke in it. Like, Coca-Cola still. Yeah. So, um, her sister, Emma, also testified. And her sister was like, I don't know what everyone's talking about. Both of us loved our stepmother. Like, this isn't real. So much. So much. So... She was our favorite. Don't you remember us eating dinner together? Mm-hmm. Every night. <laughs> So, despite all of this, basically, the judge, the district attorney, and the police marshal decided that Lizzie was probably guilty, which I think is really interesting. But because the Fall River police didn't execute, didn't properly use, like, new fancy forensic measures, it means that they didn't find any fingerprints or blood, like I talked about. So, they didn't actually, like, test the hatchets for fingerprints, which is interesting. Which is absolutely something they could have done at the time. Yeah. Um, so Lizzie turned the hatchets over to the police two days later. And the dress that she said she wore. But both of them didn't have any blood. And like we talked about, she had burned the dress. Yeah. Um, and now her fingerprints are obviously on them. Yeah. So the defense... So again, she also hired a really good lawyer. And the defense attorney totally screwed the government's timeline and like poked all these holes in their case so like she had a good lawyer but so basically they're saying that because there was eight to 13 minutes between the two murders that's not enough time for lizzie to have washed the blood off her clothes or sorry there's 18 8 to 13 minutes between when the step when the dad was murdered to when lizzie called for the maid yeah so he's like there's not enough time to like wash the blood off your clothes and to wash the blood off your hands and to hide the murder weapon and to do all of this. He's like, that's impossible. Clearly she didn't do it. Bitch, hold my beer. <laughs> like, you know, you see me, you used to be my roommate. You know how this works. When <laughs> I wake up, <laughs> when I wake up in the morning, I've got like five minutes to slap everything out and run out the door. It is a race every single morning. And if I can get dressed and brush my teeth and kind of run my hands through my hair in five minutes, I feel like you can whip off your dress, throw the axe in the basement and start a quick fire in the backyard in 15 minutes. I mean, I kind of agree, especially if she's not a suspect right away. Yeah. So her lawyer poked all these holes in. The jury went out, deliberated for... An hour and a half and came back with a not guilty verdict. And Lizzie's free to go. The jury of all men. The jury of all men. Yep. So after this, um, things were supposedly kind of weird for Lizzie and Emma in the town, but they stayed because they were like, we're not going to let you like run us out of our town. It's our town, whatever. And they're rich now because they just inherited all that money. Mm-hmm. Because the stepmom didn't. So they bought an impressive home on 
the hill where they, they wanted to live in the first exactly, place. Exactly. That they called Maplecroft. Huh. Which, anytime you name your house, I assume you're an asshole. Sure. Like, only really rich people name their houses. Yeah. Um, Emma, the sister, moved out of Maplecroft in 1905. Lizzie continued to live there until her death at age 67 in 1927, and she was buried by the graves of her parents. Please tell me this one of these houses is a historical site. Well, so I have two more pieces of information for you. Okay. So first I want to talk about... (coughs) So I think Lizzie did it. I think Lizzie's guilty. I'm oh, going to yeah. be, like, really honest. But there are other theories for who who done it. So, one is that... Um, okay, so the theories for why she did it. I'm going to start with that. The theories for why she did it. One is that she was physically and sexually abused by her father. Mm. Which doesn't have, like, a ton of evidence, but also they don't... Like, there might not have been that much evidence for it. Another is that Lizzie was a lesbian and was caught sleeping with her stepmom. Is that true, or is these are no, rumors? these are rumors. Okay. And I feel like any time there's, like, a women murderer, people think she's a lesbian. Like, yeah. it's, like, this weird... I don't know. So, I don't... I'm not putting, like, a lot of stock into I mean, we piece. are a scary <laughs> sect of people. Um, so, then the other suspects include um, the maid, because why wouldn't we suspect the maid? People always suspect the maid. And then there was a murder in a nearby town that was similar to this one. So they think that that person might have done it. But there was enough differences that, like, that's not, like, a really valid theory. And then also the uncle. So Lizzie's uncle was the one who was their house guest the day before. So he was a suspect, but he got cleared by the police pretty quick. And he was an uncle on her her mother's side. Is that correct? Because when I started doing my research, it seemed like he might have had something to do with planning the whole thing. Like, the way way the articles I read were kind of written pretty biased. Like, it seems like... The everyone convened to work this out, but then it was just kind of like, but then it was, you know, but then yeah. the sister and the uncle were just kind of not and mentioned this is there. Like a pretty famous case, so there's been a lot of theories and there's been a lot of books about it and stuff. The last thing I have is so it's been a long time since we've talked about our murder road trip. Yeah, but there's a Lizzie Borden B and B that, as far as I can tell, is the house that she used to live in. It's now a B and B. What? So that's going on the road trip. Oh, my God. I know. It looks amazing. We need to, and you guys, I'm not making any promises, but we just need to, like, make a page on our website with, like, We have a page on our website for the murder road trip. No, we don't. We used to. We never did. (laughs) You can make one. No, but we should get one with, like, the map of all the places we need to go for for our murder road trip. This is, that is awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think do you think a B and B beats out a a wax museum? No, I think wax museums are creepier. This one also I so, would find a B and B more enjoyable. Like I'm I know you would. <laughs> um this the Airbnb or the B and B, sorry, not Airbnb, also claims to have the ghost of Lizzie Borden and there's like a bunch of hauntings and stuff. Ooh, I love it. Which is just like an added thing. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. And they teach you how to use ghost equipment. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, so this is going to happen. Like, yeah. we're doing this. Hey, Meet everyone. Us in Massachusetts. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon so that we can go take this <laughs> trip. And yeah. That would be... Oh, wow. I like that. That's it. That's all I had. 
So Lizzie we- Borden. Well, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget, please leave us some reviews. All the reviews. Um, don't forget to subscribe on the social media and check out our Patreon if you want to see some videos. And what else? Don't forget to rate us and tell your friends. All the stuff. And another huge thank you to our patrons who support the podcast. It is a huge help. We are very grateful. That's Yay. it. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. I just can't imagine a world without commercials. It's really nice. I would recommend it. But then how will you, like, know to look up from the TV to, like, do things? We just pause it. No. <laughs> That's not... <laughs> that is not uh... how this works. Oh, what are we going to do first, Amelia? Lizzie Borden. That's right. You say it like I should know. We talked about it like a couple minutes ago. We didn't. I didn't say this is what we're doing first. Here's no, I did. article you sent me. Oh, she sent the servant across the street. Well, no, that's after. Never mind. I'm sorry. Cut that. Okay. Go oh, ahead. you're cutting things now. <laughs> I hung up my scissors on my wall now. They Aww. look great. Um, so, sorry, I misspelled a word, so I had to look up what I actually meant. Okay. <laughs> I put that, I put that board and said that the dress was covered in old pain, and I was like, I don't think that's what I meant. Roger the babies. <laughs>